Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi folks, I would like to introduce myself. My name is Payal and I am a traveller who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my Melting Pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Welcome back listeners to another episode of Melting Pot. Today's conversation is with Federico Folcher in Singapore. Federico is the founder of Cranes and he's also the managing director of Powerhouse, But that's not where his journey began. Federico left his home in Italy 20 years ago and there's been absolutely no looking back for him. His mission to improve the quality of life of the aging population does touch a chord. At least, I mean, it did with me when I read about it. So now we're going to have Federico talk to us about him. Thank you so much for joining me. I cannot wait to hear all about you and your story. Well, thanks a lot for having me here. Um, so, yeah, where do I start? I can start from Crane and all, and how this began, I guess. Uh, no, not how Crane began, yeah. but how. what prompted you to leave Italy 20 years ago? Oh, um, well, it was just a... To be honest, it was a school exchange. I, I went. I was studying in Italy University, and I was given the possibility to move to Spain for a short student exchange. That was back in 2000, and the student the student exchange became uh, 20 years now. Having lived abroad, <laughs> <laughs> I never came back. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I in the process I lived in uh, Madrid. I was in South Africa for a short while. I was in London for a couple of years, in New York for eight years. So what were you doing in all these different places? Well, in London, I had my first job. I used to work in financial services uh, for Bloomberg quite a few years ago. Oh, okay. okay. And then uh, eventually from London, I was moved to, to the New York uh, office or the headquarter. And that's where my I guess, I guess my entrepreneurial journey started back in 2008. Mm. Yes. Whereas Madrid and, uh, and and South Africa were more related to my studies. I was in, in, in South Africa for my uh, thesis dissertation. So I was there for a period of like nine months. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So when you say that in 2008, your entrepreneurship mm. sort of peaked, what 
did you start off doing? Well, I, I, I started a company uh, called Rumorama. Um, What's it called again? It's called Rumorama. It was called Rumorama. Okay. Which uh, would be, uh, to simplify the concept, the alter ego of what Airbnb is today. So a platform from short-term rentals, non-hotel short-term rentals. That was started back in 2008 where the markets were crashing. Probably recall the likes of Lehman Brothers, Bernstein, all these big banks went down. Yeah. And, you know, in hindsight was actually a very good time for me to start a business like that because a lot of people were losing their jobs and there were a lot of vacant properties uh, that I could go out and uh, bring to my, to my platform. So the, the, the pitch was very simple. You are losing your job or you lost your job why don't you list your property on my platform and this could allow you to pay off your mortgage or your rental just just let me handle it uh, so that's how we built our first inventory back in new york in 2008 and then the, the so you would manage it we were not managing we we're managing just the booking process of it ah, um, so okay. similar to what airbnb does right, today right yeah so in a way we were the company that uh, mapped new york city before anybody else for short-term rentals and again, that was back in 2008. And eventually the idea grew from 2008 to, well, 2012, 2013. I think we were operating in pretty much all over the world. And at some point we had over 65, 70 employees. And I think it was back in 2012 when we decided to open our service to the Asian market. That's why we decided to come here. I say we is basically my wife and I. At the time she was just a co-founder <laughs> and girlfriend <laughs> and your and wife is Singapore she's right? Singapore okay. yeah. and so that was one of the reasons why we decided to come to, to, to Singapore uh, it was a, a, an easier way to discover Asia for us it was a westernized uh, way of, of, of discovering Asia and so we moved to Asia we opened a business here we made a lot of mistakes um, I take responsibility for most of these mistakes if she ever listened to this <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess the business was actually quite good for a few years until 2015, 2016, when uh, well, quite a lot of things changed, especially in the travel industry. We had the big guys, the likes of uh, you know, Make My Trip, Ctrip, Booking.com, Expedia, so forth. All these companies started joining the game of acquiring non-hotel inventory and uh, coming on the battlefield against small companies like us. So and then they also added to, I mean, other than booking hotels, they were also, and apartments as well, but they were also would help, you know, they would kind of become like a one-stop shop, right? Because then your travel, your car hire, all of that would also become a part of, you know, for example, yeah. booking.com and Expedia, right? Yeah, so, I mean, they came in as ecosystems. They already have all the infrastructure for everything else but apartment. Yeah. Uh, they had deep pockets as, as well. Right. <laughs> so they were yeah. able to catch up very fast. So the irony of this is that maybe back then our biggest competitor wasn't even Airbnb in this space. It was these guys coming in and basically eating up our inventory on one side and on the other being very aggressive on the marketing side of things. So you, it was. It became very, very difficult for us to sustain the business because the inventory was becoming commoditized, um, as is today. Yeah. And on the demand side, our customer acquisition cost was becoming very, very expensive. So long story short, we dragged on the business for a couple more years, but we realized that the opportunity wasn't there anymore. So we pretty much sold some of the asset and moved on. That was in 2016, 2017. After that, what I did was 
Starting Powerhouse, which is the company you were mentioning before. Powerhouse is a boutique digital transformation business. So we operate on two fronts. I have a few colleagues here in Singapore who help me in the capacity of strategists and consultants. So we work with small medium enterprises, brick and mortar businesses. Also, some brick and mortar businesses uh, that are trying to sort of like elevate themselves into tech-enabled businesses. What we do with them is really identify opportunities uh, in the context of technologies and also business flows that help them become more efficient. The second part of the job is to basically int- uh, to implement those uh, technology solutions. And in, in, on, on that front, I have a team of engineers that work with me from, from Russia. So my old CTO, well, my own uh, senior engineer from, from, from Rumorama is my CTO now at, at Powerhouse. So we kind of offer like a, a full suite uh, solution to all these businesses. But I guess my passion is not so much in being just a service provider. My passion really is in, um, in building solutions that have an opportunity to scale. And that's how, I guess this is one of the reasons why Crane was started. I thought, you know, as a service provider, the limitation is that I have to spend most of my time looking for clients and, uh, and it's never going to be like a exponential growth of some right. sort. Yeah. Um, so what, what could be the next idea? It took me a little bit of time to, to get to there. To get there, Crane actually wasn't started because of a business opportunity or because I was necessarily looking for the next big company to start. It may not ever be a big company. It started because of personal frustration. I mentioned before that I've been in my country for, for 20 years and I'm an only child. My father is an only child. My mother has a brother, but they haven't been speaking to each other for quite some time. And uh, to be honest with you, I've been feeling quite guilty for the past few years for not having able not, not having been able to in a way give back to them or impact the quality of life of my parents on a daily basis having been away for so long I go back every you know six months eight months I see them aging I see them not enjoying life fully as much as I would like them to and so that made me thinking what if there was a way somehow to help the generation of my folks to to stay engaged, to discover new things, to learn new things, to share their passion with other people, to make new friends, because these are actually the issues that I've identified in my own household with regards to my parents. And this is also in consideration of the fact that I shared this uh, frustration and sense of guilt with some friends of mine. It became a, an ongoing conversation with quite a few people, strangers and friends. And uh, I realized this was just not a problem that I had for myself, but uh, a lot of my friends who are like grown-up children had with regard uh, versus their parents. So the initial idea was let's create something to make these people stay relevant, to help them stay engaged. But then as I was developing this concept further, I realized actually the challenges that we're dealing with are things like loss of sense of purpose, being lonely, being bored, etc., etc. These are not just issues related to the more mature generation. This affects everybody, especially nowadays, if you think of how difficult it is for even the younger generation, especially for the younger generation, to establish meaningful relationships. So I thought maybe this shouldn't be whichever solution, whichever concept just for the more mature audience. This should be something for everyone. This should be a multi-generational solution of some sort. That's sort of like the... 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Inception of the idea, of course. I have been in technology now and community building for quite some time. And with Romorama, it was very much about the sharing economy. It was about looking at properties that were empty and um, creating the process of leveraging that inventory and making it available for people who are looking for unique experiences at a more affordable rate. Now the opportunity, if we want to look at it from a sort of like a, a business flow perspective, it's in uh, people's skills. I do realize that a lot of people have skills, experiences, passions, they would love to share with other people. And that's what really makes them stay relevant and feeling validated. But there really isn't a platform and there really isn't anything so easy for them to share that or share those experiences or skills with like-minded individuals. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Pyle, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. I am aware there's a few education platforms out there, but there's nothing that really has a, a, a physical connotation. And that's why Crane was born as a physical platform for a start. But the ambition for us is to create, I guess, longer term something that is more of an ecosystem than just a, a, a physical platform. Um, so today, Crane is a social space and community for lifelong learning. The idea is to create the tools for people to stay engaged, to stay relevant, uh, socially, relationally, professionally, where possible. He has to satisfy a few criteria. Um, when we started this, we, there were actually quite a few criteria that had to be satisfied. The first one, he, he had to be inclusive. I, I look at the landscape of other physical spaces out there and I realize that when it comes to social clubs, country clubs, etc., etc., the theme is always about exclusivity, becoming part of a clan or an, or, or an exclusive group of people. And when I look at the spectrum of other physical spaces, other concepts, say, co-working spaces, then the, the, the theme is more addressing something for the very young generation, for the millennials. So everything is very buzzy, very fast, very quick, very loud. We've sort of like gone into the opposite direction. And uh, we have uh, created something that is a mashup of a few other physical concepts available out there. So Crane, at this point in time, I said, is a, is a space. And as a space, he has traits of each of these physical spaces that I mentioned. So it's a little bit of a social club, it's a little bit of a co-working space. We have retail, we have F&B, we now have a podcast and recording studio, we have a kitchen where you can you know, do your 
cooking demos, workshops, etc., etc. And we have many other spaces available within the, 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 the physical premises in which we operate. This is just to say that we, it's important, we don't see a clear distinction between one service versus the other. We feel that we should provide as many tools as possible right. uh, within a reasonable rate. And the reasonable rate is introducing another, another uh, prerequisite of Crane, which is uh, it has to be um, affordable. It has to be affordable, so we need to break every barrier to entry. And the way we do it is, one, uh, we try to make the price as reasonable as possible. And we actually have a, we kind of like joke about it internally, uh, it's sort of like a, a discriminatory price. <laughs> we do discriminate, but I guess the younger people. Uh, so we have a different rate for people who are, um, I guess, um, it's more expensive for people who are less than 45 years old. And is considerably, actually 75% cheaper for those who are 45 and above. Uh, the second one is to create content that is relata- re- relatable for people. And uh, when I say relatable, I mean, I mean not necessarily just talk about things that are you know, super aspirational for people. Let's invite the CEO of this company or let's talk about this amazing uh, achievement you can make in your life. It could be simple things like how to you know, cook, how to deal with depression, how to prepare yourself for menopause or whatever else. Like it really could also be very light stuff, uh, how to dance, how to imagine anything you can think of in the context of learning or sharing your knowledge. It's pretty much available at Crane. That's how we make it relatable by basically having no, pretty much no taboo in terms of whatever is allowed in our portfolio of activity. But the most important thing is that we put the community at the center. And um, people who join Crane aren't necessarily looking for a place or a community they can learn from. That's one component and that's relevant and that's great, but also a place and an ecosystem or an infrastructure that allows them to make sense of what their passions and skills are. So when people come here, they say, hey, this is what I'm passionate about, this is what I can do. We have a team that is dedicated at uh, translating those experiences and skills into meaningful activities of all sorts for members and members of Plain. Uh, right before COVID time, uh, I would say up until February, March, we were pretty much churning out 70 to 80 activities per month, again, in the context of everything. Although if I have to be very specific or more specific, I would say that there are three areas that we like to focus on content-wise. One is uh, mindfulness and mental health. Uh, two is uh, skill sharing, and the third one. Now I don't remember. Let me think about it. <laughs> I need one more coffee. Uh, what is that? I must drink some more coffee. You must drink some more coffee. It's mindfulness, skill sharing, and oh, sorry, and sustainability. Sustainability. And sustainability. Yeah, that's a very important uh, aspect as yes. well, right? Not yeah. necessarily with the environment. Yeah. But how your lifestyle is yeah. impacted yourself and yeah. everything around you yeah. around you yeah so there's there's many aspects of this project which i'm happy to to to, to share with you <laughs> yeah no interesting very interesting so how large is your community at the moment the members yeah members um again it's, it's a tricky question to answer what is members are, are you talking about people who are um, sort of like paying members of, of, of the space, or are we talking about the real community, which is those people who engage with us on a regular basis in the capacity of partners, 
uh, people collaborate with us with us for content, people who engage with our content, etc., etc. Yeah, so say, give me numbers for both then. <laughs> yes, so if he's a former, he's probably around less than 400 people. Okay. Uh, we've been in business now for 13 months. If you talk about the latter, it's probably, I would say at the moment, anything between 15 to 20,000 people. Um, so again, these are people who engage with us on a regular basis. Uh, because they enjoyed or they joined one of the activities that we run in the past or because they want to join a future one and they just want to try it out. These are people who maybe sell their, their, their inventory in our retail space on a regular basis. Uh, these may be people who just collaborate on content, the creation of content, I mean. It's all sorts of people. It's people who really buy into this idea of an ecosystem that empowers people going through different transformations in their life. Right. Which is what Crane is all about. Right. Interesting. So where is this a model? I mean, currently Crane is only a physical space and uh, the concept in yeah. Singapore. But yeah. is it something which you think you can, the model you can take to other parts of the world? I, I hope so, because that was one of the premise that made me start this exercise. Okay. Yes. Uh, the ambition is to bring Crane wherever there's a a demand and a need for it. Uh, I think having more cranes in uh, different parts of the world would definitely make the service and the power of the community more meaningful because everywhere you go, you have a home away from home at an affordable rate with content, with a structure to make sense again of your skills and passion, etc., etc. That is what I have sort of like uh, worked towards at the foundation of this project. We are now at a stage where we, we prove that this is a sustainable business model and I think it's quite uh, important and relevant as a start. This is despite the tsunami, the COVID tsunami hitting us all. Um, so obviously the, 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 the plan is being, um, what's the word for that in English? Uh, not diverted, but the On delayed. hold. It's yeah. on hold, yeah. Not necessarily on hold, but of course things have been delayed a little bit because, I mean, it's been a, quite a extraordinary year for everybody yeah, yeah but the ambition still is for us to bring this concept wherever possible where next i don't know to be honest with you again it's also functional how the world has changed and is changing things are moving too fast still yeah i hope that uh people will still value for what we what we do beyond singapore yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm. interesting okay so yeah so what can i say after this (laughs) (laughs) anything you like but but thank you is what i would like to say and i think you you know it's um it's very interesting and impressive on how you are uh using you know i mean you are giving people the ability and giving them a platform where they can again like you said uh feel more relevant mm-hmm. um and you know and also keeping in mind sustainability i, th- I think it's it's an amazing concept thank you and yeah and i and i'm very confident that you will be able to take it to other parts of the I'm, world i'm touching wood somewhere <laughs> you're sitting on wood yes i'm sitting on wood too true <laughs> thanks a lot so yeah so good luck with that and uh, it was great listening to you federico thank you thanks thank a lot. you federico says entrepreneurship is a bug he clearly has that bug 
You need to just listen to the passion in his voice to understand how he genuinely wants to give older people an opportunity to improve their quality of life, taking a leaf from his aging parents. I so enjoyed my chat with Federico and I hope you did the same. So until the next episode of Melting Pot, this is Pyle signing off. 